And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome into Football and Grits, your SEC-centric podcast here on The Athletic. I'm Aaron Suttles, and it's Tuesday. That means it's the subscriber participation day here on the podcast, where I answer your questions from the mailbag. But happy rivalry week. Well, sort of, right? It's a uh, it's a weird rivalry week, week and, and a week that's normally uh, full of SEC rivalries and great rivalries across the country. It's really anything but this year because, well, you guessed it, 2020. In the SEC, we do get some rivalries. It's Happy Iron Bowl week. We got Turkey Day, and we got the Iron Bowl. We also got the Egg Bowl coming up in the state of Mississippi. But really, that's what we're going to get nationally. What normally is reserved a week on the football, the college football schedule, you get the great rivalries across college football. You're getting a couple. You're getting a few, but it's not your traditional Thanksgiving week rivalry game where you just sit plop down on the couch maybe you make that leftover turkey sandwich from mom's turkey dinner that she served to you on thursday and and you just grub out and watch football before you go comatose you're gonna get a little bit of that you can do that certainly but it's not the full day of action of rivalry games that we normally get but here in the state of alabama it's iron bowl week it's the biggest week of the year and alabama is a 25 point favorite at least they were earlier in the week i haven't looked at the line today but it's a huge line in the Iron Bowl. Um, people thinking that Alabama is just going to lay the smack down on an Auburn team that has been up and down this year. So let's dig into the mailbag questions. But before I do, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Football and Grits, the podcast here on The Athletic. It helps us get the podcaster out, the podcast out rather to new listeners, uh, and that's what we want. More people listening to the, the podcast here in the SEC because we're SEC people. That's what we do. Please make sure. Um, and it's a great time of year to gift a subscription to The Athletic. I'll tell you a little bit about that later in the show. Let's go to Jonathan G. He says, with Stetson Bennett, the coaches seemingly avoid, avoided running Zamir White against Florida when it was working. With JT Daniels slinging the ball all over the field successfully, they kept running White into a stacked box when it wasn't working. How much has coaching been the issue this year in your opinion? Obviously, Jonathan G. talking about the Georgia coaching staff, who um, is facing some questions, right, after JT Daniels sort of lit it up and, and played better than we were led to believe that he could play this year. Sort of the storyline around the Georgia quarterback situation this year has been all over the place. And, and it's really a position that Kirby Smart has not figured out, at least to the, at least to the level in which he recruits. Because he's figured out recruiting – they get great quarterbacks at Georgia, whether it be the traditional route uh, and, and bringing in you know a guy like Jake Fromm, a guy like 
um, Justin Fields, although we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, they 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 got Carson Beck over there. I mean, they they recruit elite quarterbacks, and then they bring in guys, right? I mean, they they brought in JT Daniels. They brought in Jamie Newman before he opted out. So recruiting the position is not the issue for Kirby. But the thing that sticks out like a sore thumb, the thing that he's going to have to wrestle with, the thing that's being attached to his name in, in the sense of, yeah, but, is the quarterback position. And, you know, Seth Emerson, who, who does a great job covering Georgia for the Athletic, has a story up from over the weekend in which they talk about, in which Seth talks about how we got here. How did we get to a place here this late in the season before we saw JT Daniels, um, especially given the performance that JT Daniels had against Mississippi State, right? There's, if he had gone out <clears throat> and sort of been a middling quarterback, made a ton of mistakes, uh, wasn't very mobile, showed signs of that knee injury, you could say, okay, we understand how Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin got here. Um, but he actually looked pretty good, which just exacerbates the decision to, to sort of not play him for so long. Now, after the game, <clears throat> JT Daniels was made available to the, to the Georgia media. And Seth describes in great detail in that article, which I encourage you to go read, and you probably already have if you're a Georgia fan, but for everybody else who's trying to just sort of get the background of the story, JT Daniels says he was not medically cleared for the Arkansas game, which was game one. He has been cleared since then. And it's been a coach's decision why he hasn't played. Now, to, to Kirby's defense, you start with Dewan Mathis. That didn't work out. You go to Stetson Bennett. And then sort of Stetson Bennett, you know, sort of makes enough plays. They're running the football. They're playing great defense. And they start stacking up some wins. So I, I understand from that point, maybe you don't want to maybe you don't want to mess with it. But then you get to Alabama and Stetson Bennett makes some plays, made some great plays, but he also threw a couple interceptions that game gets away from you and then what took so long to get to JT Daniels wouldn't you have liked to had wouldn't you have liked to seen JT Daniels maybe not against Alabama you understand why he doesn't play against Alabama Stetson Bennett was sort of the guy the team was rallying around him you don't want to make any big changes with a team playing fairly well going to Tuscaloosa but after that you've lost maybe it's time you re-examine your options and why didn't we see him against Florida? I mean, we—if you could go, if you—if you could have a mulligan, you could have a do-over. Wouldn't you like to go back and say, "I would have liked to seen J.T. Daniels versus Florida," uh, and, and 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 maybe he wasn't. Listen, coaches make decisions they make for a reason. Uh, it's easy to sit and 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 play armchair quarterback to second guess these guys when you don't have the benefit of seeing guys in practice. You don't know how they're responding to their teammates. You don't know how mobile they are in the pocket with the defense coming after them. And Kirby said that. There were times when in in, in practice and scrimmage where they would send I – mean, Georgia's an aggressive defense – where they would send the, you know, the house. It's in eight guys at JT Daniels, and he couldn't move. He couldn't, get, he couldn't move around the pocket. There was a limited mobility issue. So all those factors sort of play into to Kirby and Todd Munkin's decision to wait as long, but you open yourself up. To criticism, which I think is where Jonathan G is going with the question. Um, this was a Georgia team that had hopes of an SEC championship, which I guess technically are still alive. 
Um, they're slim, but they're still alive. I, th- I think that Georgia team had hopes of a college football playoff. That certainly doesn't appear to be ha- look like it's going to happen. And this team had had aspirations of a national championship, and with that defense, because that defense is good. But suddenly, you know, and I don't know how much offense plays into this. Seth would be much better to ask this question to, but I, I, you know, I'll ask it for the Georgia fans out there because I don't get to see every second of the Georgia games because I'm dialed into the team I cover. But I see Georgia. You know, I. This Georgia defense is really good, but it's not even the best in the conference anymore. Um, it's not the best in the conference. It gave up 24 points to one of the, th- I think, the 13th ranked offense in the conference. Now, certainly, you know, scoring defense, there's a lot that plays into that. You have to fa- factor in, you know, when offense is where they take over on the field, the position that you put the defense in. But Mississippi State had not been playing well. Alabama shut them out. They got 24 against Georgia. Who was, which is personnel-wise the best defense in the conference, but suddenly it's not. It's not the best total defense. That's you know who the you know who the best total defense in the SEC is right now. It's going to shock you. It's not Alabama. It's not LSU. It's not Georgia. It's not Auburn. It's not stalwarts of defense that we normally see. It's Texas A&M. The Aggies are the number one defense right now. Total defense in the SEC. But it goes worse. Georgia's not even the top scoring defense in the SEC right now. That's Alabama. The same Alabama that gave up, what, felt like 50, 60, 70 points against Ole Miss? That same defense suddenly is the number one scoring defense in the SEC. My point is, Georgia has the personnel and the scheme. They should be lighting people up. Now, how much their offense has played into that, uh, we'll see. But this was a Georgia team that had high expectations, and and it's not being met, which opens the coaching staff up to criticism. And, And... you know, you, I, I mentioned Justin Fields. You've recruited that position really well, Kirby Smart. But right now, quarterback and getting it right and making the right decision is sort of an anchor around your neck that's pulling you down. It's the yeah, but. Remember I said earlier, yeah, but. Kirby Smart does everything well, but. And there's always a but to it. That's Kirby Smart's but. It's the quarterback position. And listen, I don't... I, a lot of people want to bang on Kirby Smart for the Justin Fields decision. But I want you to go back and put yourself in that season and, and honestly have the conversation with yourself. Would you have replaced Jake Fromm the way he was playing? Jake Fromm was a really good college quarterback. Was he, was he Justin Fields in terms of ceiling, in terms of pro potential? No, obviously not. Justin Fields might be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He might be number two. You know, it's sort of that how you view the talent between him and Trevor Lawrence if they both decide to come out, which we think they will. But go back and put yourself in Kirby. This is not the NFL. Kirby's trying to win games for Georgia. And at the time, Jake Fromm was the best decision, although now it looks foolish when you got Justin Fields just sort of running amok up at Ohio State uh, and, and doing all those great things. It makes Kirby look bad, but... How do you replace this? It's like the decision Nick Saban had in 2017. How do you replace Jalen Hurts, who does nothing but wins games for you, for Tua Tagovailoa? Now Saban was saved because of the national championship game against Georgia, which sort of brings us all back around. But think of yourself in the in, in terms of being a college football coach trying to win games. Jake Fromm was really good, so people want to bang on him from the Justin Fields decision, and rightfully so because. When you lose a guy who could potentially be the number one pick in the NFL draft, it's going to hurt you. But he, remember, Kirby Smart went through the same thing with Jake Fromm and Justin Eason. 
uh, um, Jacob Eason, rather. Um, it's just a position that Kirby has yet to sort of be a lead in on the field because in what, what highlights that he's, he's done such a good job of recruiting it at an elite level. It just feels like it's a matter of time before they get it right. But until then, you're going to get questions like Jonathan G just asked. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bradley G comes in with, will the SEC rescheduled Bama LSU? It's getting kind of late to not have made an announcement by now. I'm recording this podcast Tuesday morning. For all I know, by the time you're listening to this, it may have been announced. What caught my eye yesterday was that the SEC, it did not release a television schedule for the next week, which I believe is the December 5th games. So I sort of looked to that. Is They're still trying to figure out to reschedule some stuff. We saw the... Vanderbilt-Tennessee game sort of get messed up yesterday. And Tennessee now has a bye week instead of playing Vanderbilt. And I believe Vanderbilt uh, is is making up a game. So this is all sort of in flux. This is all sort of uh, just floating out there. By the time this podcast is aired, that we might have a, uh, a reschedule. I, I tend to think right now December 5th is the is the date you look at. Um, you, you maybe reschedule Alabama-LSU. For December 5th, right now, uh, Alabama is scheduled to play Arkansas. And, and maybe because of that, you move that game back to the 12th, which is currently a bye week for Alabama, uh, because LSU is not going to be playing in the SEC championship game. They are scheduled on December 5th to face Ole Miss. You move that game to December 19th, which is the day of the SEC championship game, which the SEC has already opened up as a makeup date for teams not involved in the SEC championship game. Long way of saying Bradley G., it is getting late, and I would expect an announcement. If they're going to make up that game, it needs to come now. And it, it might be released in the next minute, might be released in the next 12 hours, or tomorrow, but I think you're right. Joseph S. asks, coming into the Big 12, do you feel that Missouri and Texas A&M have become SEC teams? Is A&M actually just a rich Georgia Tech? Um, it still doesn't feel like Missouri is an SEC team. Um be that, you know, a variety of factors. Geography is one. Culture is is another. Um, you know, when they first came into the league, Missouri won the SEC East the first two years, didn't they? I mean, they were in the SEC championship game. They've had some, you know, varying degrees of success. But it doesn't fit like, it just, just doesn't feel like they're a fit. And, and maybe that's just my SEC bias um, sort of being a traditionalist there. I, I don't have, I have zero problem with Missouri being in the SEC. I'd certainly like them to square up the division. So they make, ge- you know, geographical sense. Um, 
Missouri being in the East is is, is silly. Um, is, is Texas A&M a, a rich Georgia Tech? No. I, I wouldn't go that far. I understand why you make the comparison there. I, I understand the simile. But, I mean, there's a reason you make that comparison, right? They're, they're not the number one program in their own state. That Check that box. Georgia Tech is that. Texas a and is that. But Texas A&M, as you mentioned, has the money, which is why you say rich Georgia Tech. But listen, Texas A&M has an outside shot of the college football playoff, right? I mean, I, I believe they're sitting there at number five in most of the polls right now. And, you know, if, if Alabama slips up, you know, I still think Alabama, if they lose to Florida – they get in over Texas A&M because you got the head-to-head. There's an outside shot if there's some chaos at the end of the season that that Texas A&M gets in, and that, that the, the main level, the main difference is they recruit an elite level. Now Jeff Collins is doing great things at Georgia Tech. At least he's trying to rebuild that program, uh, get it, get a modern, up-to-date roster because you know what they were running is sort of old school and you know the triple option and all that. You got to recruit bigger offensive linemen, skill players, all that's got to get up, get up to 2020 in terms of, of what your roster needs to look like. But there have been signs at Georgia Tech that Jeff Collins is doing that. I think Texas A&M is just always going to have more resources available, and part of that is money, and part of that is just its standing. I think it's easier to justify if you're a five-star athlete in Texas um, going to Texas A&M than you would get less questions. Let's say you're a five-star athlete in the state of Texas and you're a five-star athlete in the state of Georgia. I think you're going to get less questions if you're that kid in Texas who chooses to become an Aggie over the kid, the five-star kid in Georgia who chooses to go to Georgia Tech over Georgia. I mean, I think you're going to get more of a sideways look if you go to Georgia Tech over Georgia, you know, over being a kid in Texas who chooses Texas A&M over over Texas. I mean, the SEC tie-in for Texas A&M is certainly stronger. Um, I, I think a little bit the academic requirements and the type of kid that has to go to Georgia Tech can can be a little challenging to recruit to. Um, you know, but Notre Dame faces that. Stanford faces that. Michigan faces that to a degree. So I, I do think that they're a cultural fit, Texas A&M. I think they're one on a traditional geographical fit. It makes sense. Um, they're in at least the right half of the division or the right half of the SEC in terms of being in the West. But uh, they make more sense in the SEC to me than Missouri. Um, you understand why the SEC did it. They needed to get to 14 teams, expands the television market, blah, 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 boilerplate, boilerplate, boilerplate. But it is what it is. Hey, coming up on Wednesday's edition of Football and Grits, check out David Oven and Josh Kendall. They'll get you up to date. With all the SEC East, we got Mike Bobo going up against his alma mater, the George Bulldogs. Hunker down, dog. Um, so make sure you check out those guys and give them a listen. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.